0: On the purple one, there, George. Um, hello. Uh, thanks again, everybody that was able to participate last night with us in our bank. It was a good time. Did you guys have a good time? Good fellowship, good food. I'm still full this morning. Slept like a baby. I was worried that maybe all the food would hinder that, but it didn't. Did it, sweetie? <laughs> she was awake. I wasn't. So. But, uh, and thank y'all for the offering, we do greatly appreciate it. Um, don't forget, we're going to um, have candlelight service on Sunday night, uh, no, not Sunday night, Saturday night, Christmas Eve, like normal, at 6 o'clock. If it, you'd like to do anything to give God some glory, I've already got one lined up to read the Christmas story and another one is in the bullpen just in case, because she might be having a baby, the first one, so. So Kayla, she's going to be coming up. If, let's just pray that she can get here and do that. But uh, if you got anything you want to do, just your talent, to be able to give God some glory that night, uh, come out and join us. We won't be here but probably about an hour, I guess, And uh, candlelight service. and uh, Sunday morning, don't forget, we're just going to have the 11 o'clock service, 1045 service. So we're going to have the one that day, and that's it. We're not going to have prayer service that night. And if you want to come out, we're going to have church. If you don't want to come out, that's okay, too. Because I understand everybody has different things they do at Christmas, but the doors will be open and we'll be here if you can make it. If y'all can't play music, we'll hum. We'll do something, but we're planning on being here. Um. So, and I want us to start out this morning with a prayer for someone. Anybody got a need this morning that you'd like to have us to Lay hands on you and pray with you. If you do, come up here. But Claudus, can we pray for you? Because this man goes in for surgery on his back Tuesday morning. Yes. Brother Jack. Okay. Okay. So let's do that. If you want to come up and be prayed for, come up. And if you don't want to be prayed for, come up and be with us to pray. We're going to lay hands on and. This is why Jesus went to the cross. One of the reasons. It was so that we could uh, have salvation ultimately. But His stripes He took for our healing. Isaiah said that, that by His stripes, but uh, these is an honor. It says, "Did you get all of them? Did you get all of them fixed up? So who's is who's and all that?" Okay, and uh, don't it just look lovely? I'm telling you, it looks good. Yeah, give the Lord some praise. Amen. So we'll probably set them down for the Christmas play, though, because get them a, so we can see our performers whenever they, they come up. And some of them are right small. Some of them ain't much bigger than a flyer there. You'd miss them if they got behind one. So, That's right, little Lissa. you would miss her little dance routine she's going to do. I don't think I told her to do a dance routine, but she's doing one. She's making it into one. You remember other Christmases and all that? She'd be up here and the kids would be up here. I got her on tape or, or you know, I don't, it's not tape anymore, but it's on my phone or on something. My, maybe my iPad, but she was standing up here just dancing and mimicking what those girls were doing. She was praising God. and That's teaching. That's what we do. We teach. And so I thank God for that. And you know what? She's got a lot to praise him for. And you know something? So do we. Just through her alone. Just through her alone and what he's done. So This is a Christmas message this morning, by the way. It is December the 4th, isn't it? December the 4th, so we're in the Christmas season. But I want to say this. When Jesus is involved in it, it's about Christmas all the time. 365 and a quarter days a year, it's about Jesus. Every message is a Christmas message, but I'm not going to read this morning about the birth of Jesus or what his lineage is or him having to escape to Israel. I mean, to Egypt. We're uh, not going to talk about that. I want to talk about something a little bit better because we're coming up on Christmas season, and uh, I touched on it last Sunday morning and I read a scripture that uh, it was out of Proverbs that uh, by pride comes contention. If there's contention, you know, tension, at the root of it is pride. We can deny it all we want, but that's what the Bible says, so that's what truth is. And Jesus is truth. His word is truth. You know, we were down home last week, and we see... uh, People fighting over washcloths at Walmart because it was on sale. We weren't at Walmart, but we heard about it, didn't we? People fighting over all kinds of gifts that they want. The stores are a part of the problem. Because they, they like that. They like the crowds waiting at the door to, to rush in because they only bought two of something that they normally have 25 or 50 of them so that you'll come in and fight over the cheap washcloths. And they'll give you a rain check for the, the big item, the one that got you there in the first place. And, folks, that is the state of our nation. I'm going to give you some figures this morning. Some of these are from the State Department some of them aren't. But I want us to get an idea, as we're coming up on Christmas... There's been terrorist attacks every day of this year somewhere in the world. Did you hear what I just said? We're on what, 330-something? And every day since January 1, there's been a terrorist attack, or more than one, somewhere in this world. As of yesterday, when I pulled these figures up, there have been 1,656 attacks somewhere in the world killing 17,025 and wounding 21,302 people. That's an average of five attacks per day, 63 wounded per day, and 50 killed per day. 50 souls. That's the average. Four of those attacks have happened in the good old U.S. of A., leaving two dead and injuring 50. Two of those injured were police officers. They were... uh, They were shot in Philadelphia back in January. With all the hype of election and all that, we probably forget these things, but two were police officers. In our nation alone, there have been 132 police officers who have died in the line of duty. I pulled this figure up on November the 30th. I don't think it's changed. I hadn't heard any news, but in the line of duty. All of those were not necessarily bad. Some of them wrecked. Some of them had heart attacks. Some of them fell from buildings, doing various things in their jobs. But two of them were assaulted. One was stabbed. Nine struck by a vehicle. Twelve by vehicular assault. And 59 were shot. Their average age was 41. Their average tour of duty was 13 years and six months. They'd been on the job for a while and was getting close to getting on. They were on the downhill slide toward pension. There's been a lot of civil unrest in our nation and throughout this world, but particularly in our nation. And I'm going to tell you today, this is Ken's opinion, you can come to your own conclusions if you want, but the reason for all of this is because there's a lack of Jesus. And we didn't have as many terrorist attacks on our soil, and I think that's largely because of the work of our agencies and different agencies around, because they would love to be here and do it, they just can't get here and do it like they want to. But folks, in order for people to join something, because man is going to want to serve a greater being. If you look into into those people over in India, Hinduism, They'll worship just about anything. If you just say that it's a power, they will. I mean, they worship cows. Come on, think about it. Those are hamburgers and steaks. But your ultimate goal is to come back as a a Brahma bull and get worshipped. And the last time that I read, the only one that's supposed to get worshipped and will not share his glory with anyone is God Almighty. So if that's in our hearts, we need to get rid of that. Some of these texts that I talked about, about 16 of them happened in a place that we all know about, a place called Manipur, India. Anybody remember Manipur? You remember that name? I want to remind you of it. Joshua spoke of it. That's where his school is that he's trying to get going. So that's his way of being able to proselytize people, not only teach them how to read and write and do arithmetic, but he also teaches them about Jesus. It's in their documents and the people that pay the money that, that the, the, from the cities. Uh, they understand that. They know that. But it's by souls that meet around the water fountain. It's by souls that meet at the well that share their love for Jesus and what he has done for them. That's how you can proselytize. You don't have to hold a meeting in a big city to get people to show up. And so that's what's going on around the world. So they need our prayers. Those people need our prayers. Brother Joshua certainly needs our prayers. They're facing the same kinds of things in Nepal. Riots and civil unrest has become the norm, hasn't it? It's gotten so bad now that the news will hit on it, and then they're gone somewhere else to do something else, whatever the next hot item is. But they they're not short of supply on them. Let me give you some figures here real quick. In the 1980s, that's a 10-year period from 1980 to 1989, there were seven riots in the United States of America. In the 1990s, there was 11 riots. From 2000 to 2009, there were 15. Now check this out. From 2010 to 2015, there have been 14 riots in our nation. And in 2016 alone, and it ain't over yet, there have been nine riots. That ought to tell us something that the end might just be near. And this story, and this song that we sang this morning about that holy night, there's something to it because he also told us that in the last days would be perilous times and men would become lovers of themselves. That's where the contention comes from. If you're a lover of yourself, that's where pride is. And we're seeing it on the news, and I've been appointed to tell you about it so that we can put the dots together to connect those dots and know something major is happening. So during this Christmas time, let's let the love of Jesus flow out of us because it's a prime opportunity. Our nation is ready for that. Our communities are ready for that. But we have work to do. There have been so many terrorist attacks throughout this world and it's all because of the lack of love. Other religions don't teach what Christianity teaches. And by the way, religious and religion, religiosity, is kind of a a tricky thing. It's something to beware of. Because just coming to church, just showing up to serve at the soup kitchen, or show up to work at the Easter thing, or to come here on Wednesdays and practice music and get up and sing on Sundays, or to stand in a pulpit and preach doesn't make you a Christian. And that's the problem because of the religiosity. You know, I know a lot of people that know the Word of God, and they got it memorized. King James memorized. And I don't talk like that, so it's hard to memorize stuff the way you don't talk. But they got it. But is the love of Jesus in the heart. That's the question. And this is the time for us to be able to let that love flow. Now, we don't get to decide how that love should be done, how you should love me. No, that's God's place. That's what he does. Sometimes the best love is a hard love. Amen? Anybody ever have a spanking in their life? Well, the rest of you are going to have an altar service, and you can come up and get straight with God here in a minute. And I didn't need none of them when I was 10, 11, 12, 9, 5, whatever. I mean, I probably got one every year, I know, but I got many more than one, but at the time I didn't deserve them. My dad was mean, my mom was mean, they didn't understand. <laughs> I figured out now that no, they knew exactly what was going on, and they done walked across that bridge and they knew how to get there. And they just trying to help me. It's that simple. And I told you the other week that a chastisement of the Lord, we're supposed to rejoice when he chastises because he what? He chastises his children. You ain't getting chastised by God, get scared get scared. Oh, he loves you. He wants you to be saved, but he's going to leave it up to you. He wants you to serve him, but he's going to leave it up to you. He has a plan for every one of us. It's up to us to say, yeah, I'm I'm good with that. I'm going to do it. No, we usually weigh the odds and see what's in it for me, and that's conceitedness. So, everybody feels good about Christmas now, right? You go, Ken. But that's what we have to do because the world is already there and passed it up. That's what these figures represent. That's what they represent. In Romans chapter 9, we're going to start out there. And while you're turning there, Romans lets us know about salvation, he tells us about it how to get saved, what it takes to be saved. Romans gives us a whole lot. We all need to know that when we walk in and when we were walking through our lives that God looks at us when He sees the blood of Jesus as His children. Whatever we've done, if He forgave us, it's gone. Whatever happened last week, if He's forgiven me, it's gone. Whatever happened ten years ago, If he's forgiven me, it's gone. But now, the devil don't want you there because that's a place of freedom. No, he wants to tie the chains to us. He wants to bind us and hold us down. He wants to remind us. And he uses our friends, too, to do that or people we know or people that we're acquainted with. That's what the devil does, but God loves you. The reason that Jesus Christ was born is so that we could get back in right relationship with God Almighty. It's the only way it could happen. So it's not about the gifts. If it's not about the gifts, then we don't have to go to the store at 5 in the morning. And if you do that, that's okay. I'm, I'm not bashing that. If that's your thing, you knock yourself out. Because my thing is at 5 in the morning, go get in a tree stand. And y'all don't get, if you don't hunt, you don't get that. And that's okay. But what I'm talking about is Christmas is not just about the gifts. It's about the major gift, the the only gift, and it's Jesus. We accept God by faith, and it's our faith that makes the difference in our relationship. It's our faith that will allow him to come in and every day change us. And he gave us word to help us to change to let us be able to see. He didn't just say, I expect this of you and not tell us how to get there. That's a loving father. Now, if I was an employer and told you I needed you to do A, B, C, and D, but I didn't tell you how to get there, and if you didn't perform it right, I'm going to fire you. That wouldn't be right, would it? That would be bad for my company because I would always be training people because I'd keep firing people because they couldn't get it. You see, when you invested in something you sow into it and our father has sowed in so much for us so let's go to Romans chapter 12 starting in verse 9 and I'm going to read from the NIV this morning I want to get some good plain English in it and it'll save me the time of trying to explain why this word means the same as this word The very first sentence there says, love must be sincere. Yeah, it's up there. I'll read it there. I can see that better. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Love must be sincere. Have you ever shook hands with somebody and you just know they didn't want to shake hands with you? or told somebody that you love them and you didn't mean it and they kind of got that too. You ever sensed that before? And you know why you sensed it? It's because it wasn't sincere. Now, what does sincere mean? Does that sincere come down to a certain performance level that you've put on it, brother Danny? Or do we go back to what the Bible says what love is? And we all know about 1 Corinthians 13. He gives us that. One of those things that's in there is love keeps no record of wrong. Well, if we don't keep no record of wrong, that's a huge one right there. So love must be sincere. It doesn't matter if I come polish your shoes, wash your car, come and visit you 12 times on Tuesday. That's not what the love is. That's the standard you set or I set. But that's not what the Bible sets. And it goes on deeper than that. I'm not going to get lost on that. But love must be sincere, and the reason we're seeing what we're seeing in our world today and in our nation today is because there's not any sincere love. Now, we as Christians, we have an obligation to have that. We have an obligation to share that. We have an obligation to be set apart from the world. And when we act like the world, when we act like the world and we don't have love for one another, that is not sincere then who's giving Jesus a bad name? Who's giving Christianity a bad name? The people giving Christianity a bad name is Christians. It's that simple. So it's not about the gifts and putting a tree up in our house and having everybody over for dinner one, one night. And you know, we'll have ham and turkey and tater salad. Boy, that tater salad was good last night. That was conceited because I made it and I thought it was good. <laughs> We're going to talk about that in a minute, too. So pray for me. See, it's not about those things. Those things are tools that we can use to be able to share the love of Jesus. And the world needs to know who Jesus is. Amen? Amen. Mr. Trump ain't going to change it. Mr. Obama couldn't change it. And the next one in line ain't going to change it. It's got to come from inside of us. People got to know who Jesus is. Otherwise, we're going to start fighting over paper towels before long they're going to be on sale can you believe that and all of it is it's about about love being missed out It's about love that is not sincere he said hate what is evil and cling to what is good i don't know if it tells us any other place in the bible maybe it does but i didn't study it out this just came to me but you don't see in the bible too many times and this may be the only one where it tells us to hate something You see, if the person's not doing what they should do, we hate the sin but not the sinner. Because we used to be there. Sometimes we get crooked and get there again. But we got to come back to the center line. We've got to come back to where Jesus is. That's what Christmas is about, that ultimate love baby was born he gave up heaven to come down so that he could live a life and show us and show the power of God but ultimately go to his death and then be resurrected to show what his power really is amen so love must be sincere now that's what sincere love is spit at me rip my clothes off gamble my garments away do whatever you want to and hang on the cross and say father forgive them they don't know what they're doing That is the ultimate. That's what it's all about. Fear not, for on this holy night I bring you good news. Hopper sings that one too. That's a good one to listen to. Verse 10. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Now, that's a a tight one, isn't it? For me to honor you, Brother Danny, above myself. That's tough, isn't it? Because of the world we've grown up in and the society we've grown up in, and sadly, what Christians have taught other Christians, the baby Christians. And that's where it has to change. Because if it doesn't change, this this spiral continues. And our loved ones that we're praying for on the prayer cards every week might not get reached. Amen. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. It's okay to have the zeal. Never give up on the zeal for Jesus. Always keep in mind we're renewing our minds daily. All you got to do is remember the day you were saved, the day you was set free. There's going to be some rough days ahead. You're going to face some rough days as a believer. It's going to happen because he says it rains on the just and the unjust. God's not a respecter of persons, so sometimes things are going to happen. But we keep our zeal, and that's why we have a testimony. Every time we've overcome something, every time something's happened, like I mentioned about Alyssa this morning, that's been something great to see what God has done in this child's life and to see what he's done in the family. To see what he's done in the family. Do you hear what I just said? Pay attention to that. Let that one sink in. In the church family. To see what he's done. Oh, he's great. Our God is good. Amen. Let's just give him some praise right now. Everybody needs to wake up. Be joyful in hope. Patient in affliction and faithful in prayer. If we have hope, then we can have joy. If we're joyful in the hope, what's the hope? Jesus is our hope. Eternal life is our hope. And it's not something we're wishing for. It's a hope that we're looking forward to. It's going to happen. Some of us may not live to see Christmas. Some of us may not live until next Christmas if time lasts. And we'll get to see that hope. That glorious hope will be with our Lord forever. Man, can you just picture that? I picture people going to heaven and, our, and we're down here mourning and praying for them. And they're saying, I ain't coming back. I done got here and I done seen what it's about. And y'all just have to tough it out. I'm going to pray for you. I mean, Jesus, help them out because they, they ain't got it yet. Because they'll soon be here with us. But y'all stop praying for me because I ain't coming back. I don't want to come back. Poor Lazarus, he had to do it twice. (laughs) All for God's glory. He was glad to do it. We say that in jest sometimes. but Be patient in affliction. Affliction is going to come. If you understand that you're going to have trouble, if you've had trouble this week or over the last month, let me see your hand this morning. Have you had some affliction? And it's going to come. Just be patient. That's the word. Just be patient. God's on the throne. He saw it coming. He's going to see you through it. And you're going to get on the other side. And then you're going to have a testimony to say, look what the Lord has done. That's how we reach this world and the people in it who's fighting over washcloths. <laughs> it blows my mind. And faithful in prayer. Folks, I can't tell you enough. I've been telling you this for five years. Pray. Fill out your prayer requests and leave them if you can't come tonight. Let us pray. If wherever you're at, pray. Seven o'clock, make that your prayer time. I mean, you know what? If Dancing with the Stars comes on at eight, you make that your TV time. Why can't we make seven o'clock our prayer time? Or six o'clock. I keep saying that. I've been doing it for five years. We're going to change it. We're going to do a seven o'clock. No, no, strike that. I'm not changing it, but... Maybe that's, maybe that's prophetic. God's trying to get us to do something. I don't know. But prayer. Be faithful in prayer. When we get an answer on the prayer line, we get to somebody that's needing prayer on the prayer line. Talk to God about it. That's your opportunity to be a part of something great that God's doing. And it builds our faith to know that, yes, He does answer prayers. Amen? He has answered so many prayers share with the lord's people who are in need practice hospitality we're living in a nation today that has spent a great number of decades teaching that they're where they are because they didn't do this they did do this they don't deserve it sadly that kind of thing has been trickled into many churches we're taking up food to feed kids in this community i don't care what their mom and dad has done or hasn't done I want them to know who Jesus is and if they get to know who Jesus is and they come out and hang with us and we teach the classes like we should be teaching the classes don't want to say the hard thing because they'll get mad and leave no they might need to hear that thing if we will teach that thing then they learn and then they're not like that anymore because God said he is not willing Carson that any should perish he's not a respecter of persons If they're a homosexual, he didn't say they didn't deserve to be saved. Most of us don't want them coming in our doors. He feels the same way about a liar. So if we thought like God did, I'd say most of us probably this week would have to get up and walk out of the church because you ain't welcome here. But we don't feel that way. Neither does our Heavenly Father. So be hospitable. We have a chance to give. You don't have to give. But we have a chance to serve. And that, you know, taking somebody, a turkey and a can of beans, just might be the one thing that says, let me tell you about Jesus. Or you just be friendly with him. You don't even have to tell him about Jesus the first time. So you know, Lord, let our heart to give this to you. And we got what? What you got now, Ashley? Ashley, any men here? 18 kids, I think. So, no, it's more than that. It was 18 letters with so many kids. It would probably be 50 or 60 people. Eighteen families. Hey, sweet pea. (laughs) A can of beans is a small price to pay to be able to talk to somebody about Jesus and to share the love. You've got to remember, our Lord went to the cross and took a beating. A can of beans don't cost that much. Small price to pay. But in our nation today, we decide who deserves and who don't deserve. If you just knew them, that's right, I do know them. I know they need Jesus. That's all I need to know. Because if he said do this, he's going to make the supply. He'll either use you, Brother Eddie, and if you don't want to do it, you miss the blessing, but he'll use Brother Murphy. And if he don't want to do it, you'll miss the blessing too, he'll go to Berkeley. You see how it works? Because he either is or he isn't the owner of the cattle of a thousand hills. We don't just preach that to get you money to pay tithes. We either believe it or we don't. And this is the time of giving. We can give a can of beans. You can disagree with me if you want, but I'm going to tell you now, that's the truth. Anybody agree with that? Is that the truth or not? Let me hear. Go to the next one there, brother. Oh, that hurts my head. Bless those who persecute you, and he goes in and says, let me reiterate, bless and do not curse. We believe that if you do good for me, i do good for you. If you do bad for me, I don't, do ba- I don't do necessarily do bad for you, but I'll do nothing for you. That's our, that's our little slide to get in there and say, well, I didn't do bad to them. You did if Jesus said to do this. By the way, he told us in the Word that if we got a problem with one another, we need to go to one another and talk about it. And if we pray and if we're both seeking Jesus, guess what? Problem will be resolved. If we're not seeking Jesus and we don't do, see, we got to believe this word first and foremost. Otherwise, when I'm preaching this morning, it is gonna we're gonna pick it apart and say, well, do you really? You'd be calling Bible scholars up and calling other people till you find somebody that agrees with your opinion. You just go into another category. This is truth. You see, we're living in the world today. The reason we have the riots is because people have been done wrong. Or so they perceive. There have been some police officers, and I worked with them, folks. You was ashamed of them. You hated to stand beside them out in a crowd. Why? Because they were attitudes with badges. Most of the time, they get weeded out. But there are some bad apples. Amen. There are some wheat among the tares. The tares among the wheat. That's going to happen. The Lord told us that. Amen. But we walk with Jesus. It's a one-on-one walk. As he told Uh, Peter, whenever he was asking about John, well, what about him? Jesus said, ain't none of your business. I mean, I just broke it down into layman's 2016 terms. Well, he was a smart aleck. Well, that's what he said. Peter, it ain't none of your business. You walk with me and go where I'm taking you. You're going to get crucified upside down, but you're going to walk with me and you're going to go where I'm taking you because I've got a work to be done through you. And I'm not going to use Randy to do it. I'm using you to do it. And whatever I choose to do with him was we used to say none ya. none you. none your business none you. that's how we walk with the Lord but we think to persecute go to uh go to uh Matthew chapter five 20 something or other I think Oh, on it I forgot. an eye for an eye, that's where it is, 38, I'm sorry, I was reading all of that, I wanted to put it all in, didn't have time, you have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, next, but I tell you, see most of us are still living on the eye for an eye, tooth for tooth, amen, ain't the world doing that, sadly there's people sitting in the churches today living the same way. But Jesus said, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And if you got pride, you can't do that. Amen? If we got pride, we can't do that. Go to the next one. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. You want my shirt, you can have my coat too. What else do you want? I'm leaving here soon In anyway. I'm passing through. By the way, my father, he's rich. He owns all the cattle. The world is his. You want my shirt? That's okay. He'll get me another one. No, I worked hard for this and you ain't getting it. And that's why people are having rights. I want that $1.25 washcloth because it was $1.50 and I'm saving that quarter by it. Yes, I am. Just say, who is your God anyway? Oh, I didn't go there. Go to the next one. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Next. Keep going until I tell you to stop. Give to, one, give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You ever had anything that ain't been returned? Let me see your hand. Somebody borrowed something and he didn't return it. Has it bothered you? Got to let it go. Got to let it go. If you raised your hand, you're still remembering it, because <laughs> I've had people borrow stuff from me. And I'm still remembering. So remember, this is for me too. This for all of us. Amen. Amen. All joking aside, this is for all of us. You have heard it said, "Love your neighbor and hate your neighbor uh, enemy." I was going to say, but we usually love our neighbor and hate our neighbor. It just depends on the day and what they did or didn't do for us or to us. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That word persecute is a unique word. It's got the word pursue in it. Someone who persecutes you, they are pursuing. They got the notebook out. They got the iPhone with the little camera on it. They're waiting for the mistake, so they got a record of it. And they can tell you everything you've done since 1940. What day it was, what the temperature was like, whether it was cloudy or not, they know. Because they rehearse it and play it over and over and over again. But that's not what Jesus tells us. And that kind of junk don't belong with the church, folks. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. They're pursuing to do bad, to do evil. That you may be children of your Father in heaven. We'll stop there, guys. Did you see that? That you may be children of your Father in heaven. That's what Christmas is about. Amen? Just remember how much Jesus has forgiven you, how much Jesus has forgiven me. It's a whole lot easier to look at other people and say, oh, I forgive them. I've been, been there and done that. I've been there and I've done that. Let's go back to Romans real quick. Chapter, uh, let's do 1 Peter 2 and 1. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice. We did this in Sunday school this morning, Randy. All malice. That's the motive of the heart. If it's evil, we try to make it look good, but sometimes we got an evil motive in our hearts. We dress it up. But he says, get rid of all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Slander of every kind. You want to turn on CNN, Fox News, get any newspaper in the country, the reason they print what they print and the reason they report what they report, because that's what sells. That's what the people want. Oh, but it's true. All right, let's go to the malice part. Let's see what the motive of the heart is now. You see it all ties together. We don't get to stand before God and argue our way out of this. We're going to know about it. Okay. Okay. Now, now now, we can go to Romans 12, 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. You know, when somebody has a loved one that dies, it's easy to mourn with them because we usually can't associate with that because we've lost loved ones. Amen? Moms and dads, brothers and sisters, children sometimes, but we can associate with that mourning. Sometimes it's hard to rejoice when somebody's rejoicing. Got a new job, you know, I was making $5 an hour, now I'm making $70 an hour. Oh, well, glory to God, good for you. And, you know, you saw, you heard my edge, glory to God and good for you. What do I got to do to deserve that? Sometimes it's hard to rejoice with them. But we got to make sure we do because that's where the other stuff comes in. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Am I talking about America again today? Am I talking about maybe something that may be in our own homes? Am I talking about something that may be in our own churches? Love, get down to the place that we can associate with the people of low esteem, the ones that don't have the good job, the ones that don't have the good education, the ones that don't have the nice home on the hill, the ones that's riding the, 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 riding the beater around. You see, those are the people we're reaching. Those are the people we're picking up, and we're going to carry them along with us. Amen? That's what Christmas is about every day. You see, so it's not just about decorating the tree and putting the lights up and decorating the church to look good and singing Christmas songs. It goes much deeper than that because that's only, you know, it's easy to put an act on. Have you ever watched a movie that's much more than two hours? I mean, there's a few series that go on, but they don't give it to you all at one time generally they're there. It's easy to act for a few hours. It's a whole lot harder to live it every day. Because if it's an act, it won't last. Amen. So I can look in the mirror again and if it's not lasting, it's an act. And that's God saying, "Hey buddy, I'm still here and I still love you. Let me let me let me help you here. Let me help you through this." And do not be conceited. We have some tools today that are, I call, the conceit doorway. Don't fall out with me because it used to be the telephone and the party line, right? We talk about our bunions and what thus and such did to us, and I went and bought this today or bought that today. It was a party line, so you picked the phone up. You had to make sure Margaret, Mar, uh, uh, Mildred and, and thus and such is off of the phone before you can get on and talk because they was on our first. And then we got our private line, so we like our privacy. And then, you know, we got to the places that we had these phones with the little antenna that you would stick out. So how did we figure out how to get into the party line? Well, we went and bought police scanners. And figured out what the frequency was on most of the phones that they sell so we could listen to our neighbors talk and then get mad when they talked about us. <laughs> well don't listen. They get their opinion too. Why don't you get on the phone and tell that? They got a scanner too, because they're listening. That's why you guys never talk. You never meet at the fence, you know, like Tim the Tool Man tell, hi neighbor, you know, hi ho. They never meet at the fence. You see, that's where the concededness comes. But well, we got a thing called Facebook today. By the way, I'm not on it anymore. You need to get a hold of me, dial the telephone, and write me a letter. If I don't answer, I'm probably with somebody, and I'll get the message, and I'll call you back. If you don't leave a message, I'll probably figure that you needed something right then, and it's not going to be any good for me to call you later, or you needed it later. Does that make sense? I mean, what did they do 50 years ago? What did you do, Brother Murphy, when you first started pastoring? You had a telephone? Did you have an answer machine? You had a wife. She answered the phone. She wrote it down. She wasn't home, they call back later. Okay. Just checking. (laughs) All these tools that help us. (laughs) So we get on the Facebook and we get worried because people don't comment on the things that we write and we check out, see who's checking us out. We take our selfies all the time. We've got the little extended pole where you can push a button. Now, you want to know about conceitedness? I went to Walmart today and caught a bicycle on sale. Well, that's just good for you. I don't care. (laughs) And all those people that didn't comment, they don't care either. And now you're mad. Am I right on that? Come on, am I talking truth this morning? We got the Twitter accounts. That's what I'm doing now. If you want to see something, I write it. I don't care who reads it. I don't know who reads it. I put, you got 140 characters. you got a little bit of space to put the message in there, and they can get it. Jesus said this, let's live this way. If we don't, this is what happens. Bam, 140 characters, that includes the spaces between the words. Get it in, get it out, because we're in a fast, fast-moving society. But we do these kinds of things all the time. That's what conceitedness is. Amen? I mean, have we ever got mad at people because they didn't do something we expected them to do and we didn't even have the gall to tell them that that's what we expected? We just get mad. That is the very center of conceitedness. Amen? Oh, we're going to get to Merry Christmas. Not today, though. Because we have to get ready to have the Christmas message for the next three weeks. Because otherwise, it'll just make us feel good. But we have to hear this message first. And I think, go on to the next one real quick. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. See, it doesn't matter whether they see it or not and approve or not. Do what is right. What's in the Bible? That's what's right. In the eyes of everyone, they get to make their decision whether it's good or not, should have, shouldn't have, should have did all that. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Our earliest brothers died horrific deaths because they did what was right in the eyes of everyone. But they killed them because they didn't agree with it. This is not something new. It's been going on. It's the nature of man without Jesus. Hit the next one. And this is where we're going to stop, I think. Yes. If it is possible, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, me, live at peace with everyone. That's it. I bring you good news peace on earth, goodwill to men. That's why Jesus came. If me and Carson fall out over the potato patch. We need Jesus back in the center of our relationship. And if he gets mad at me, and he ain't going to get mad at me. That's the sweetest fellow I know. You can pay me later. (laughs) But if we fall out with one another, and I go to him and I say, man, we got to get this, we got to work it out. We got to get through this because this ain't Jesus. How are we going to live in heaven together if we're mad at one another? Is both of us not going to make it? Because you don't got two doors coming in out of heaven. There's a gate, one of them. You can't love them here. You ain't going to love them in heaven either. But if I come to him and I try to do that and he says, I don't want it. Or maybe I call him. Hey, maybe I'll call him and I'll leave him an answer on his answer machine. Call me when you get a chance. We've got to work this out. And he never calls back. Maybe I'll call him again. As much as possible within you, live at peace with everyone. How many times do I got a call before I give up on that phone call? What does the Bible say? Yeah, basically saying don't keep up with it. This one hits home with Pastor. I've made the calls and I've got the no callbacks. And I'm like, well, I guess they don't want to. As much as is possible with you, live at peace with everyone. They may not let that happen. And if they don't, you still pray for them, you still give it to Jesus. And maybe someday they're going to have a Jesus moment. And when they walk back in or they see you in Walmart, when you're up there buying them cheap horse calls, you can give them a big old Jesus hug and let them know how much you love them. And if they want to work it out then, you work it out then. If they don't, don't bring it there. Maybe they're too shamed. Maybe they don't want to walk there. That's okay. Because guess what? Ain't every one of us can undo something that was done yesterday. There's a whole lot of stuff I'd like to undo and can't. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, boy. So this morning, if you need to know who Jesus is, I want to invite you to come up and pray. Brother Danny, you got a song on your heart, a Christmas song. I know you've been practicing. I just put you on the spot, but be instant in season and out. If you need to come to the altar this morning, let us pray with you. Oh, we would love to. Brother Willie, would you love to pray with somebody that needs to have a breakthrough with Jesus? I would too. Brother Travis, would you love to pray with somebody that needs a breakthrough? Oh, I would too. Amen. Because we're trying to get that conceitedness out of us. We're trying to just have the love. And it's a practice. And we get to keep doing it. 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 Amen? And I'm going to open that up this morning. If you want to come and get prayed for, come as they sing. And then we might do something different. I don't know. As much as possible within you, live at peace with everyone. Our Lord showed us that, didn't he? He came to the Pharisees who didn't want their religiosity challenged. Yeah, but Gamaliel said this. Now, you're talking to the Savior of the world. What does he say? Yeah, but I don't believe. Well, what does the Bible say? Amen. Sometimes we've got to let the Word come in and fix us. Sometimes we've got to let the Word work on us. And by the way, this Christmas season, we might get to be the ones giving the Word and be in the hands and feet and mouth of Jesus. Because you know you're going to have people that you don't normally see. You're going to be around them. We're setting that day aside. Amen. If you need Jesus this morning, come forward. If there's chains that are binding you, come forward and let us pray with you. Well, they're going to think bad of me. Guess what? They already think bad of you because they probably know it. Why don't you just get set with Jesus. And that makes the difference. Because now you don't have to carry it no more. Somebody else can carry your baggage now. Someday they're going to come up too because Jesus is going to work on their heart and they're going to bring their baggage and the ones of yours they've been carrying too. The pride has to be gone. Because pride is where contention is born. Amen? Y'all sing. I'm done.